My name is Jay Rolden. This is the Jay Rolden Speaks podcast show. Let's read some poems together. The first one I'm going to read tonight is one that I just posted yesterday, and it's called My Radiant Fields. Y'all ready? Y'all ready? Okay, here we go. All right. My darling, I am not a lucky man, but a blessed one. You see, when the sun shines and flowers bloom, they are designed and showers too. Who am I to question whether these are designed for you and me? They are what they are, but one thing is certain. I have never seen the sunshine so radiant till after you. You see, your hair glows this magnificent radiance far beyond compare, and your eyes glow even in the darkest season. My life is so much greater now that I have found you. When I hear your voice and exchange words with one between one another, my heart beats at every syllable. Did you know that? You are the definition of a beautiful woman to me, and nothing, nothing, will ever. Your skin glistens far beyond the Andes and any range in this world, and your heart is more genuine than all the kindness that I have known. And your mind is limitless and exceeds my own. I love you. always cherish, protect, and serve you, my radiant field. If you need someone to lash out on, to throw all of your worries and aches, and whatever it is that you're going through, anxieties, I willfully offer myself to you, woman. Let there be no doubt as to how I feel about you. But I do ask one prerequisite in exchange. Please, 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 please be careful of my heart. Because as much as I care for yours, it will shrivel. By the time it's caused pain by you. All right, so it's a little bit of a. It's a good poem. I added the last part as an extra, as an ad lib. Fernando, so your mom. Oh, 
So sorry. <laughs> uh, can't do it, man. Sorry. <laughs> anyway, how's everybody else doing? What'd you think of that poem? Was it okay? Was it formidable? Did you like it? <laughs> Did you not like it? It's okay to say no, you don't have to like it, it's okay. <laughs> Alright, so that was called My Radiant Field. Okay, I wanna, if you if y'all don't mind, I wanna explain a little bit how I came up with this poem, okay? So, I'm not gonna go through word, word for word every single line, but I think there's something that you guys can learn from this, alright? So something that I think might be very helpful for all of us, alright? So... I want to I want to stress on this, okay? Um you see when the sun shines and the flowers bloom, they are designed. So there's this idea that like people meet by chance. And while this is kind of a a romantic notion, and don't get me wrong, I think that's something like really interesting about that and and really cool, really exciting about it. But I also think that there's also kind of like this shall we say like throw this dust in the wind and you sort of like have that same sort of mentality of how you handle relationships right like i'm not saying that like spontaneity is you know necessarily a bad thing but there's something not exactly like strengthening about it because the same way that the connection between two people just happen to meet by chance can also be the same by chance disconnection Right? Like, like, where's the actual foundation here? Where's the commonality between one another? Where's the actual, like, root that builds both of you together? Right? So, sometimes things are designed to be together for a reason. And not because it's left by chance. Does that make sense? And so that's why in this line, I wanted to sort of do away with this notion that, like, the way you and I met is through chance. And that's not how I sort of approach relationships. Because once again, I don't find that to be a very solid foundation in terms of growing together, right? Once again, there's many of you that probably disagree with this, and that's okay. But this is how I wrote this poem, and this is why I wrote it, right? And then finally, when I say, who am I to question whether these are designed for you and me, right? So this idea of like something that maybe like externally something actually put us together right like we were designed together and so for me to say that hey that's not really like how i want to my relationship to be you know that's not how i want to connect with this you know companion of mine right so like there's this sort of like authoritative figure that i don't really elaborate in this poem but like that's the, that's the idea right like you're down here or me i'm down here like i'm grounded and then there's something else out there that is like putting us together whatever that may be okay so once again you don't have to agree but this is how i wrote this poem okay and then just a few more things here they are what they are but one thing is certain i have never seen the sunshine so radiant so obviously this is you know a pretty common experience between all of you i mean i'm sure the last time you fell in love or like had someone that was very dear to you well maybe you started seeing things very different right maybe you never actually smelled roses that sweet before maybe you never actually seen a sunset in all its splendor before 
I mean, those things exist, but have you actually enjoyed it? Same thing goes with meals and food, right? Like, you probably ate a meal, a common meal, almost every week. But when you share it with somebody that is special to you, then all of a sudden that meal becomes extraordinary, right? That's where we get the word extraordinary. It's no longer ordinary. It's like more than ordinary, right? And so this is like a very, very like beautiful notion and something that I wanted to reiterate in this particular, in this particular poem, right? I've never seen a sun so radiant till after you, right? And that's, that's pretty true, actually, because, well, I'm going to leave it at there. <laughs> but here's something that I really want to stress here. And it's this line right here. When I hear your voice and exchange words with one another, between one another, my heart beats at every syllable. You know, when I was getting to know somebody, I really loved having these conversations with her. And I'm going to share the following with a lot of tenderness and a lot of care and respect. So I hope this doesn't get misinterpreted. All right. So bear with me just for a few minutes, y'all. Okay. Just bear with me for a second here. <laughs> but. I've been single for three years now. And. The first year was rough. I've had to learn like how to be content. Like I had to like learn how to just dwell in my job. I had to learn how to be just a great dad and just like, you know, just a great man in general, great friend, great brother, great son, great neighbor, right? Like I had to learn how to be these things. Because my heart was still bitter. Okay? It was very, very bitter. And I just wasn't enjoying life. I thought I did. You know, that doesn't mean that I didn't go out and stuff like that. But I thought those things that I was doing was 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 what was making me happy. And don't get me wrong. It was nice to pass the time. But in the end, when you get home, it's like, oh, man, I'm freaking alone here. <laughs> you know, it's like, what the heck? I'm surrounded by my dog and my, you know, other pets here. You know, and, and don't get me wrong. I love my pets. Like, I love my dog. But, you know, it's a pet, <laughs> you know, it doesn't, it doesn't give me that, like, companion companionship. But don't get me wrong, like, me and my dog, we did, you know, we go out hiking and stuff, and we go to the coast, and, and she's a great dog. But, you know, at the end of the day, it's like, I can't, like, sip a cup of coffee with her, right? So it's like, <laughs> come on, dog, sit, drink some coffee. Anyway. Point being, y'all, is that after the second year, I really started thriving, both in my job and, you know, just in everyday life. I started becoming a great neighbor. I started, you know, just volunteering to a lot of community service and just a lot of things in my neighborhood. And just like I had this drive to like help people because my heart was in a great place you know i wanted to sort of like give back to the community as well as like my friends and family who have always been helpful for me during those dark times and so that was sort of my way of like repaying 
not repaying, but like saying thank you. Okay, I don't want to make it seem like you know I had to do it. I wanted to do it. So the second year was great, it was solid, awesome. I was like taking care of my body. I was eating healthy. I was like you know going to bed early. <laughs> I was just like enjoying my life, right? And I was thriving at work. I was like you know I was um, just cranking out some articles and things like that and just was having so much fun presenting it at like different conferences around the United States so it was great I loved it you know I'm meeting some new people having these great conversations and then the third year which is this past year it was great it was even better than the second year like everything was great like and you guys saw like all of my like videos like I was just cranking out some really interesting things right it may not be like the best thing you've ever seen but it was you know it's pretty creative I think and then I came across somebody that was very interesting to me. Very interesting to me. And so I just started having these conversations with her and just having these like great, you know, interactions with her and just really, really great quality time and just like lots of like connection there, lots of chemistry. All good things, all good things. And here's where I, here's the point I'm getting at, y'all. I had forgotten what loneliness felt like. I genuinely forgotten what loneliness felt like. Until I met this person. <laughs> Isn't it ironic? <laughs> And I'm saying this because, like, the times that I don't, like, hang out with her, the times that we don't have conversations, then, yeah, I start feeling a little sad. Like, I'm longing for her, right? You guys already know the definition of longing at this point. And those of you who are new to my lives, please go back to my podcast and go to some of the episodes where I talk about and I define the word longing. Right, I actually cut cut it down to its core roots, and you'll be fascinated to how, why that word is so special for English English speaker speakers. I don't use it lightly. Some people do, but I don't. Longing for me is a very unique way of expressing like how much you miss a person. I don't say that to anybody. Right, which by the way that reminds me, and I mean this with a lot of. Ooh, look, Aubrey said something so good. Aubrey says, she showed you what you were missing. Damn. That's that's a very good perspective, actually. Yes. You're right, Aubrey. Yeah. You know, that's true. That's very true. You know what's interesting about... Wait, sorry. I'll come back to that. What was I talking about? Oh, yes. So this idea of longing, right? So like if you've never actually studied this word longing and those of you who just joined, pay attention to this word because you definitely want to learn how to use this word in English. And the next time you say to somebody, please use this word wisely. And it's this word longing. Okay. If you break and I'm going to give you like a two minute definition of it right now. If you break down the word longing, right, to its core Latin roots, right? And you can do the Greek version as well, by the way. But if you break it down to its core Latin root, 
you'll actually see that the word longing is um, comes from the word longere, right? Longere. Depend. Doesn't matter the pronunciation. It's longere or longere. But that word itself means extension, something that is extended. So I was thinking, I was scratching my head when I realized that. I was like, you know, what does that mean? Like, I'm extended? I'm extension? I'm an extended uh, you? How, how does that imply, like, you, you miss somebody? But then I realized this, right? Like, the more you actually study the history of that word and how it evolves, right? Every language, especially like French and Italian and, and a lot of the Romantic languages, Latin languages, there's this really way, great way of expressing how you miss somebody, right? In fact, in Spanish, whenever you say you miss somebody, you say te echo de menos, which means I miss you of, wait, de menos, like I miss you of of little. <laughs> that doesn't sound right in English. But like, what you're really saying is like, you're becoming little, right? I'm, I'm making, I'm becoming little. So like the further that your friend or your companion is away from you, then the less you become. And so coming back to this word longevity, right? So like when you say this to somebody that I long for you, what you're really telling them is that they have taken a part of you with them that the further away they go from you, then the more extended you become. And those of you who like the sciences, right? Like whenever you take a rubber band or any elastic or any sort of string, the, the further you pull the one end from the other end, right? From point A to point B, the further you extend it, what happens to that middle part when it comes to physics, right? It becomes brittle. It becomes very weak. And then all, and then it come, it gets to a point where it just there's so much stress in that extension, right? That all of a sudden it just breaks. Which is why when you tell somebody, "I long for you," what you're really telling them, you've extended me so far. Please come back before I become broken or ripped. You see how that word is so special now. Don't use it lightly. Don't tell somebody, yeah, I long for you. No. Tell them you long for them. I long for you, woman. I long for you every time we don't chat. <laughs> Maybe not every time, but I long for you most of the time. <laughs> I long to hear about your day. I long to see your face. I long to hear about some of the weird stories you experienced today at work or not at work. I long for what it is that you need for me to help you relax during the day. Do you want me to read a poem to you? Just let me know because that's how much I long for you. When I read these words to you, when I speak these words to you, these words are coming from my mind and through my mouth and entering yours. And if, if that sounds a little strange to you, just please understand, I find this ex this exchange between one another so endearing so therefore this is how I feel connected to you and I no longer long for you right so don't use that word lightly in the same in the same sense y'all I know some I know you some of y'all have seen this on some people's Instagram posts 
right? Especially some of these like major influencers, like a lot of them say at the end of their little vids, little their little videos or lives, they're like, "Love y'all." Do you know how much that like kind of like makes me cringe a little bit because you don't love everybody. <laughs> don't don't lie. Like that's not you're not being authentic. Like when you say you love somebody, like you mean it, man. There's like this really intricate like process, procedural that you have to go through before you can even like actually say those words and actually understand what you're saying. So when you say somebody love y'all, no. I'd rather you say something completely the opposite because then at least that makes a little bit more sense, right? I dislike y'all. Okay. I totally get that. You may not mean that, but I totally get that. <laughs> what you really should say is I'll see you I'll see y'all later, right? Like this was great, guys. I I really enjoyed this and I hope you did too. I'll see y'all later. Right? Because I want to reserve those words, right? Love, and I want to reserve longing, and other words, I want to reserve it for special occasions. Especially between me and my companion, right? Like, I want her to be the only one that actually, like, understands the authenticity behind every single one of these words, right? Words are like a mask, by the way, right? Like, it depends on, like, the intonation and the way you present it that carries that information right you could make a gruntle sound right now or at least i could i could make a gruntle sound right now and depending on how i pronunciate that grunt you might have an idea what i mean isn't that crazy you've never used the word longing well my dear now you will okay it is a great word it is absolutely a great word, and like I said, don't, don't use it lightly. Okay, like use it with a lot of intention. So, hopefully, that made sense. Yes, <laughs> one can long for someone's grunts. Sure, I think. That's a little bit weird, but yeah, I think there's some <laughs> there's some truth to it, I guess. I never actually thought about that, but that's certainly a possibility for sure. Shall we do another one, ladies and gentlemen? I love that we have just us in here so that we can actually have a lot more great discussions about some of these poems. You all ready? Are you all ready? Yes. I'm going to read some Elizabeth Browning to you all. You guys ready? This is going to be a great selection of poems. If you don't know who Elizabeth Browning is, she is an amazing, an amazing woman. This woman is so spectacular when it comes to writing, when it comes to writing words. I wish there was a woman that wrote to me like this because I would be like proposing by the end of the year, man. <laughs> I'm laughing, but it's kind of true, you know? It's kind of true. All of, I'm just saying, it's kind of true, right? So, like, when you guys read some of her poems, I'm going to read some right now, actually, but when you listen to some of her words, seriously, pay attention to how, what she is, like, thinking about and what she's feeling and what she's, like, how she's, like, communicating it to her husband 
and like she is just so rich in vocabulary and like metaphorical significance this woman is so amazing y'all let's get to some of her poems all right let's do this all right it's gonna be fun it's gonna be great it's gonna be spectacular are you guys ready i'm so excited i'm so excited all right now before i read some of her work let me preface where some of these poems come from so elizabeth browning had a respiratory problem i can't remember exactly what what disease she had but she had it, i mean it wasn't asthma but it was something like it anyway she couldn't live in england anymore and by the way if you didn't know this elizabeth browning actually was second to tennyson and almost got the poet laureate award and having the laureate award in england is a very prestigious position and it's almost like you're a political position right like you actually are an ambassador to the entire united kingdom so only one person gets it and so she was just behind tennyson of course tennyson is amazing okay don't get me wrong this guy is amazing if you if you haven't read tennyson's work you need to buy a book by tennyson and read his poems because he is absolutely amazing so it kind of sucks that like she was born in the same era as tennyson because if he wasn't if he wasn't living at the time then elizabeth browning absolutely would have gotten that position but regardless she is an amazing writer so anyway back to my story she um she had to move out of united kingdom and she and her husband decided to live in italy because the air is much drier there and it's you know just more conducive to a healthier life for her so she was so famous at the time that so many universities and so many countries and families would invite her would pay her right would pay her to come and basically read poems that she wrote to them so she was a very busy woman you know and her husband by the way is also very famous her name his name is robert browning and he's also a great great writer personally this is just my perspective i think she's a little bit better than him but you know that's just my opinion he's a great writer don't get me wrong he's a very profound thinker very very like intentional with his words and so you should definitely read his works as well but personally for me elizabeth browning is more similar to my personality because she basically writes about different different like sentiments of the process of like having a connection with somebody so yes it's about love but the way she talks about it is like a much more intellectual type of love something that is much more like intrinsic and you know just deep rooted in many sense so this is why i connect with her in many ways right and so that's why i like her reading her stuff so anyway these poems that i'm about to read are from a series of poems that she put together as a collection and the book is actually called sonnets from the portuguese Okay, so the Portuguese is actually the name of a boat that she was on frequently to, in order for her to go to these uh, sites where she would be hired to to speak in public and present her poems and stuff like that. So, so she would recite her poems. So she wrote these letters, these poems, to her husband. 
and they became letters. So they became individual letters that she would send from the boat and actually pay somebody. She was a very wealthy woman, by the way, because she was very, you know, talented. So she would pay somebody to actually like take these letters and, you know, just individually like send them to her husband. And of course, it would take almost a week to get there or less. But, you know, that's where these poems are coming from. Yeah, I'm going to read some of the ones that she wrote to her husband. You ready? Yeah, her name is Elizabeth Barrett Browning, and she wrote to Robert Browning, her husband. Here we go. Let me start this track one last time. All right, perfect, perfect, perfect. Here we go, guys. The first time he kissed me, he but only kissed the fingers of this hand wherewith I write, and ever since it grew more clean and white, slow to world greetings and quick with its O list. When the angels speak, a ring of amethyst I could not wear here plainer to my sight than that first kiss. The second passed in height, the first, and sought the forehead, and half, half missed, half falling on the hair, oh beyond mead, that was the chrism of love which love's own crown with sanctifying sweetness did precede the third upon my lips who was folded down in perfect purple state since when indeed I have been proud and said my love my own because thou hast the power and owns the grace to look through the behind and this mask of me against which years have beat thus blanchingly with their reins and behold my soul's true face the dim and weary witness of life's race because thou hast the faith and love to see through the same soul's distracting lethargy the patient angel waiting for a place in the new heavens because no nor sin nor woe nor God's infliction nor death's neighborhood nor all which others viewing turn to go nor all which makes me tired of all self-feud nothing repels thee dearest teach me so to pour out gratitude and thou dost good. Oh yes, they love through all this world of ours. I will not gainsay love, called love's forsooth. I have heard love talked in my early youth, and since, not so long back, but that the flowers then gathered smell still. Muslims and 
gainers through neck through kerchiefs at a smile and have no ruth for any weeping. Polypheme's white tooth slips on the nut of if after frequent showers the shell is over smooth. And not so much will turn the thing called love aside to hate or else to oblivion, but thou art not such a lover, my beloved. Thou canst wait through sorrow and sickness to bring souls to touch and think it soon when others cry too late. I thank all who have loved me in their hearts with thanks and love from mine deep thanks to all who paused a little near the prison wall to hear my music in its louder parts ere they went onward each one to the marts or temple's occupation beyond call but thou who in my voices sink and fall when the sob took it, thy divinest art's own instrument didst drop down at thy foot to hearken what I said between my tears. Instruct me how to thank thee. Oh, to shoot my soul's full meaning into future years that they should lend it utterance and salute love that endures from life that disappears. These next two verses, these next two letters are famous ones, so stick around because you're not gonna, you definitely don't want to miss this next letter, okay? Listen carefully to this one. Purely, 
as they turn from praise. I love thee with the passion put to use in my old griefs, and with my childhood's faith. I love thee with the love I seem to lose with my lost saints. I love thee with the breath, smiles, tears of all my life. And if God choose, I shall but love thee better after death. Sonnet 43 by Elizabeth Browning. That's a great poem. If you would not have had a chance to read her work, you need to buy her anthology. It will absolutely just transport you to a world that you thought didn't exist but it does don't let anybody tell you that this kind of love doesn't exist that is not true it may not be in abundance because all you hear is this garbage that is being played out throughout all the social media but this make no mistake, exist. And you know why? Because you can recognize the filth, the things that are the complete opposite. So if that is an abundance, then that means this exists because at least we have a standard in many respects of what genuine and pure, fantastic love looks like. Something beyond the surface level. Something beyond all of these funny-looking dances and pranks and other things, right? That's not necessarily a bad thing. All I'm saying is, like, there's just something much more deep-rooted than that. And that's this genuine connection, this genuine, like, longing, this genuine extension of yourself as well as them in you. So it exists. Make no mistake. Beloved, thou hast brought me many flowers plucked in the garden. All the summer through and winter, and it seemed as if they grew in this close room 
nor miss the sun in showers. So, in the like name of that love of ours, take back these thoughts which here unfolded too, and which on warm and cold days I withdrew from my heart's ground. Indeed, those beds and bowers be overgrown with bitter weeds and rue. And wait thy wedding, wait thy weeding, yet here's eglantine, here's ivy, take them as I used to thy flowers, and keep them where they shall not pine. Instruct thine eyes to keep their colours true, and tell thy soul their roots are left in mine. Did you understand what was happening here? This is Elizabeth Browning describing the love, or I'm sorry, the flowers that she receives from her husband. Right? Like, like, even the act of getting this flower, this is how she describes it. It's amazing, man. Like, this goes beyond, like, saying thanks. This is like, woman, you just left an imprint in my, like, soul, in my heart, in my mind. And this is, like, I will never forget this. <laughs> you don't have to thank me, or you don't have to say those words. You don't even have to give me a hug. The fact that you actually wrote this poem about that. My goodness, woman. What else can I do for you? Because <laughs> I want to, like... I want to please you even more. I want to protect you even more. I want to provide for you even more. I want to like serve you even more. I want to be with you even more. So please, write like this to me. <laughs> oh, by the way, that reminds me. There's this eulogy that I read by Pablo Neruda. It's technically, it's a poem really, but I call it a eulogy because if you actually read it, you'll understand. But I asked a... F well... I asked someone recently to, like... If something happens to me, can you please read that to me? <laughs> like, like at my funeral, I mean. Like, that would be, like, so special to me. Like, I, I wish I could see it, which sounds a little bit morbid. But, like, at the same time, like, I wish... All I want is for people to hear these words... And realize that the person that I asked to read this poem to me, my love grew even more extensively because of this woman. And so the way I interact with them is a result of her. And in many ways, I continue to live through her because she holds every memory and history that she and I produce and so therefore she is to be praised as much as my life is to be celebrated 
So I want you to read that poem when I pass away. Do you want me to read it, actually? You want me to read the, the poem by Neruda? I'll read it. Let me look it up real quick. It's, it's, a, it's a good one. One second. still can't find it. I always forget the numbers, man. Plus it's late, but it's okay. Wait, wait, oh, I'm getting there, I'm getting there. One second. eventually but right now I can't I, it's not like ringing in my mind right now that's okay I don't want to be morbid anyway <laughs> it's a beautiful poem though I promise <laughs> all right shall we do some more Elizabeth Browning yes no make haste oh I gotta read this one oh I gotta read this one okay let me start this again. Let me start this. What may come? Let's see. Okay, wait, wait, wait. Okay, y'all ready? This is good. This is a good one. This is by Elizabeth Browning. Ready? Think of thee, my thoughts do twine and bud about thee, as wild vines about a tree. Put out broad leaves, and soon there's naught to see, except the straggling green which hides the wood. Yet, oh my palm tree, be it understood, I will not have my thoughts instead of thee, who art dearer, better, rather instantly renew thy presence as a strong tree should, 
rustle thy boughs and set thy trunk all bare and let these bands of greenery which ensphere thee drop heavily down burst shattered everywhere because in this deep joy to see and hear thee and breathe within thy shadow a new air I do not think of thee I am too near thee my own beloved who hast lifted me from this drear flat of earth where I was thrown and in betwixt and languid ringlets blown a life breath to the forehead hopefully shines a gout again and all the angels see before thy saving kiss my own my own who camest to me when the world was gone and I who looked for only God found thee I find thee I am safe and strong and glad as one who stands in dewless asphodel looks backward on the tedious time he had in the upper life so I with bosom swell make witness here between the good and bad that love as strong as death retrieves as well that love as strong as death retrieves as well what a line ladies 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 all right listen I say this with love a lot of kindness respect and yes I understand that there's a lot of men out there that don't do a good job of this but if you've seen the video that I made a few days ago regarding you know ladies sending your man a text once in a while <laughs> we love it we love it we really do I mean we really do like I can't speak for all men obviously but but we do like the good ones do and of course you know obviously you love it too right we love getting those random texts but it's nice to get it when well we don't expect it right and so I don't know there's something really endearing about you like showing us that you like think about us that you cherish us in some ways right you like admire what we're doing mainly, mainly because of the gesture right like just that longing and that overall just thought I spent some thought about you 
you know, I've been asked these last few days, what am I doing? And genuinely, like, it's a mix between, like, doing my work or playing a song. But in the back of all of that is you. Right? Like, I'm genuinely thinking about you. It may not be, like, 100% of my, you know, capacity, which technically nobody can have that, or very few people do. Right? So, at least in the back of my mind, whatever it is that I was doing, whatever, even if it was my work, or if I was, like, exercising, or, like, playing music, or just, you know, just doing my work in general, being here, right? Like, I'm thinking about you. Right? Like, it's it's in the back of my mind. It may not be, like, in the forefront, but it's there. You understand? So, in that same way, like, getting a text from y'all is, like, kind of, like, not, I wouldn't say, like, the equivalent, but it's a nice little gesture, right? It's like, yeah, wow. My woman just, you know, sent me that, right? It's like, yeah, please. More. <laughs> Hopefully you enjoyed it as much as I did. This woman is fantastic. Uh, would you like some more? Please, sir, may I have some more? <laughs> All right, just a few more and then I uh, got to go. But I do have a surprise. I'm going to play a song for y'all. It's a very old song, but it's still a good song. It's an oldie, but a goodie. <laughs> All right. Let's see. All right. We'll finish the night. We started with Elizabeth Browning. We're going to finish the night with Elizabeth Browning as a homage and tribute to this magnificent woman, which I pray she continues to nurture more great women. Fantastic women in every sense. Let us do sonnet number 10. And here it goes. Yet love, mere love, is beautiful indeed and worthy of acceptation. Fire is bright, let temple burn or flax, an equal light. Leaps in the flame from cedar plank or weed, and love is fire. And when I say at need, I love thee, mock, I love thee. In thy sight I stand transfigured, glorified aright, with conscience of the new rays that proceed out of my face toward thine. There's nothing low in love, when love the lowest, meanest creatures who love God, and God accepts while loving so. And what I feel Across the inferior features of what I am doth flash itself 
and show how that great work of love enhances natures. that I am not all unworthy. Cheeks as pale as these you see, and trembling knees that fail to bear the burden of a heavy heart. This weary minstrel life that once was girt to climb and can scarce avail to pipe now against the valley nightingale, a melancholy music. Why advert to these things, O oh, beloved? It is plain. I am not of thy worth, nor for thy place, and yet because I love thee, I obtain from that same love this vindicating grace to live on still in love, and yet in vain to bless thee, yet renounce thee to thy face. Indeed, this very love which is my boast, and which, when rising up from breast to brow, doth crown me with a rugby, ruby large, and now, to draw men's eyes and prove the inner cost, this love even all my worth is to the uttermost. I should not love withal, unless that, that thou hadst set me an example. Show me how. Thine earnest eyes with mine were crossed, and love called love, and thus I cannot speak of love even as good a thing of my own. Thy soul hath snatched up mine all faint and weak, and placed it by thee on a golden throne, and that I love, O oh, soul, we must be meek, is by thee only whom I love alone. And wilt thou have me fashion into speech, the love I bear thee, finding words enough, and hold the torch out, while the winds are rough between our faces to cast light on each? I drop it at thy feet. I cannot teach my hand to hold my spirit so far off from myself, me, 
that I should bring thee proof in words of love hid in me, out of reach, nay, let the silence of my womanhood commend my woman love to thy belief, seeing that I stand on one whoever wooed, and rend the garment of my life in brief by my dauntless, voiceless fortitude. Lest one touch of this heart convey its grief. I'm telling y'all, you need to buy an anthology of Elizabeth Browning's work. She will change your perspective of how you approach your man or your companion. Listen to these words. Be immersed in it. Immersio is the Latin word for Batiso, which is the Greek word for baptist, baptism. Be immersed in it. Feel, drink, and in many ways drown yourself in these words. Stop listening to all of that filth that you see online, all of that garbage. All right, there's some good stuff out there, don't get me wrong. But the percentage is like very, very little. You need to read this material, tell others about it, share it, read it for others. The next time you're with your girlfriends or with your, your, your man or your companion, read this together. Don't worry about like how you're going to react or how they're going to react. Who cares, man? Read these words. If you're not captivated by them, then you really need to read it again and again and again until it starts clicking for you. Trust me. I was one of the most jockiest dudes you've ever met when I was younger. But I was exposed to poetry at a young age. And at first I was thought, this is weird. I don't get it. I quit. But I met so many great men and women that taught me about poetry, that read poetry. I'll never forget this. And I've shared this story before with some of my other followers. I have a Scottish uncle who married my aunt. My aunt is a very Hispanic lady, <laughs> very Hispanic lady. And I mean that with a lot of kindness and respect. I love her, obviously she's my family, so I love her no matter what. But she really is a great woman, but she's also very Hispanic. <laughs> but my uncle, bless his heart, this man is absolutely a gentleman, through and through. Uncle Robert, if you ever listen to this, I just wanna let you know that you have such a great place in my heart because you sir are a gentleman from the beginning from the beginning that i met you i kid you not this man you know what he did first time i met him 
he found out through my aunt that I liked poems. I was about 16 or so. And he shook my hand and with his Scottish accent he stood up and recited a Robert Burns poem through his mind he didn't use a book he didn't look at a board he didn't look at anything you see I found out years later that in Scotland we lads Right, children are taught at a very young age poetry and this man recited the entire poem through and through and I was just sitting there watching this guy recite this poem and I swear to you man I think I had an outer, outer body experience because I'd never seen anybody do that before and after he was done, he sat next to me and explained it to me. And from that point on, this man has never lost my respect for him <laughs> because I saw him in a different light. He was a gentleman from the beginning. This man still stands up for his woman every time she leaves the room. Tell me that's not the most gentleman thing you could ever do and I swore that if I ever marry I would ever I would do that to my woman she might find it kind of comical and weird at first but I'm gonna do it anyway until she realizes this is how much I love and respect you because you my lady share this household with me and therefore, you are royalty just like me. I may be the king, but you're going to be my queen. And so therefore, every time you enter the room, I need to stand up so that I can get your chair. I don't care for it alone. Sure, our dog here is going to probably look at it as kind of weird. But eventually our dog is going to realize, oh, daddy's home. <laughs> So, poetry has a special place, y'all. It will never go away. I am not worried about poetry. I heard this argument once that, you know, that it's no longer relevant. And that's, not, that's absolutely not true. Do you know how many political sessions always invite a poet? Ceremonies always invite a poet. Prestigious awards of some sort always invite a poet. You know that? There's always a poet. You know why? Because it's a cultural mirror. Whatever it is that you're from, it represents. your country the people 
culture. Your family, your friends, you, them. I'm not gonna lie, y'all. A lot of these poems that I write, they're about people. They're about particular people. And while we may not be together anymore, those poems were 100% meant for them. Because this is how I show my appreciation for the time I spent with them. There you go. But someday I will continue to write poems for a woman that won't leave. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I didn't mean that as a as a as a little like jab, okay? But it's true. I the, the companions that I met for some reason they don't stick around, man. You know, I was told by one woman in particular, okay, this was like, this was like a while ago, but she genuinely like, she, you know, and I'm, I don't want to like quote everything she said, but like, she actually like felt a very strong feeling for me and she just didn't know how to process it because she never felt A guy like me <laughs> you know just the way I like I was being you know a gentleman a romantic things like this and she just wasn't used to it and so rather than like endure and be patient and like you know just like see where it goes she decided to like not continue which obviously kind of scratched my head but at the same time I realized you know what that's okay because like you know it's just, you know, and I, I don't want to hear about the like generic statements. Oh, yeah, it wasn't meant to be. Of course it wasn't. Yes, of course it wasn't. But it's, I think it's, it's much more than that, right? Like, it's like, oh, you know, it's like, maybe I just didn't really want that either, right? <laughs> but I will say that. I've learned to be somewhat cautious, but at the same time, not ca overly cautious. I mean, I still read poems and I still write poems and I still have great genuine conversations with people. It's not that. It's more like, you know, I just won't like, I'll remain grounded. Let's just put it that way. I'll remain grounded. But I will say that the one that is captivating my attention currently, please. Be careful with my heart. I will absolutely love and protect 
and support yours. But be kind to my heart. If you don't mean to say certain words to me, then don't say them, please. But if you do, then please, nurture it. Build from it. Care for it, love it. Do whatever it is you need to do that will strengthen it. It being my heart. And I promise you, your days will be free of whatever doubts and anxieties you've experienced before. Because I absolutely will be so loving to you. I won't have any reason to ever not love you. I genuinely don't think of you in any negative way. Like, I know that surprises you, but like, I genuinely like think of you in the best way possible. Right? I, as weird as this sounds, like, I actually don't think of you naked. <laughs> I don't think of you like that. Like, I actually genuinely like, like, want to learn from, I want to pick your brain. Right? Like, there's something like really sexy about that. You know, don't get me wrong. Like, yeah, of course, you know, whatever later but like i genuinely like love talking to you right like i love this like intelligence that you have right which is what led me to you in the first place so i don't know if you're used to that but that's how i am right <laughs> so the words that i say i mean it the time that i spend i spend it but all i ask in return is that you be kind to mine and if you don't mean to say certain things, certain words, if you don't mean to share certain words with me, then don't share them. Wait. Or not, right? If you're scared or like, whatever, don't feel like this is what you want, then say it. Don't wait. There's no reason to wait. But until then, I'm going to continue to be the man that I was before I met you. I'm going to continue to be intentional, purposeful, kind, loving, thoughtful, caring, gentleman. Free of profanity and rude, dark thoughts. No. I know what that does to a man. And I don't find anything edifying about that. And that's what I want to be to you. I want to be edifying to you. I want to build you up, offer you peace and hope 
and immerse you with the best kind of love that I can offer to you, which is peace. Because I want that. I want peace. So I want to give that to you as well. And when we go through some rough patches, and all relationships do, I am not going to run away. Because I want peace. And I'm going to be strong enough to create a foundation of peace. And I'm going to sit on it and stand on it until you come and stand next to me. And we're going to talk through whatever issues that we've had. Whatever arguments that it was, whatever it was, we're going to talk through it. And in the end, I will continue to be the solid rock. I will continue to be the peaceful home that I offer to you. See, your arms and your heart might be that my house, but I'll be your home. be open to you. So please, love my heart, please. Love it as much as you can. Because that's what I will be to you. you. I've always been like that to you. Always been like that to you. Just please (laughs) be careful with my heart, please. Anyway, I hope you all enjoyed it. This was a lovely live and I'll be posting this broadcast on my Spotify account, on my podcast. It's called J. Rolden Speaks. Those of you who came in late, it's available both on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. So I hopefully enjoyed it. So I'm going to play one little song on my guitar. That's not going to be in the podcast. So in order for me to sort of like edit this material, I always like to sort of like just kind of wrap it up and then I edit this last part so that it can sound like, you know, I said goodnight. So I'm going to say goodnight, say some things and then just stick around for a few minutes. I'm going to play my guitar, just one song, and we'll call it a night. So to all of you that were here, thank you so much for being here. This was lovely. I hope you enjoyed some of these poems. And once again, please, please, please go and buy a book by Elizabeth Barrett Browning. And in particular, buy the poetry collection she wrote titled... titled The Sonnets from the Portuguese. Alright? 
Trust me, you're not gonna go wrong. Oh man, Christina's here! I'm so sorry, girl. Dang. Yeah, you did come in late. I'm so sorry. You know what? You know what? No, 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 no. You know what? I don't have to work tomorrow, so we're good. But the rest of you, Aubrey, all y'all, I know you've been here for a while, so by all means, go get your beauty sleep. It's no problem. No problem whatsoever, okay? I'm not gonna take it personal. But all y'all that came in a little bit late, I'm gonna read a couple more poems, just you know, just so you know, because I cherish your friendship very much. So, so um, let's do a couple more, all right? A couple more Elizabeth Browning here. We can't go wrong with that, right? <laughs> and then I'll play the song. <laughs> but like I said, the rest of y'all, if you need to go to bed, you know, get ready for work or whatever, totally understand please by all means go do that go be responsible women you need to do that right go get your rest but for those of you who are in the west coast or in the mid coast or whatever like mid midwest west coast all that you're welcome <laughs> all right all right all right let's see some more sonnets from the Portuguese by the amazing, the creative, the ever-loving and intellectual and sweet, sweetheart, Miss Elizabeth Barrett Browning. Let us do... Let's see. Here we go. All right. I got this, I got the poem. Wait, let me fast forward this. And let me pick a much better selection. Oh, it's so good. Wait, where's that song? Let me see. No, this is a good song, man. Alright, here we go, here we go. You guys ready? You guys ready? Okay, okay, okay. I'm so excited. Okay. This is sonnet number. I can give to let thee sit beneath the fall of tears as salt as mine and hear the sighing years resighing on my lips renunciative through those infrequent smiles which fail to live for all thy adjurations That this can scarce be right. We are not peers, so to be lovers. And I own and grieve that givers of such gifts as mine are must be counted with the ungenerous. Out, alas! I will not soil thy purple with my dust, nor breathe my poison on thy Venice glass, nor give thee any love which were an unjust. Beloved, 
healthy. Let it pass. Yet, love, mere love, is beautiful indeed, and worthy of acceptation. Fire is bright, let temple burn or flax, an equal light leaps in the flame from cedar plank or weed, and love is fire. And when I say at need, I love thee, mark! love thee. In thy sight I stand transfigured, glorified aright, with conscience of the new rays that proceed out of my face toward thine. There's nothing low in love. When love the lowest meanest creatures who love God, and God accepts while loving so. And what I feel across the inferior features of what I am, doth flash itself and show how that great work of love enhances natures. What do you guys think? <laughs> I read that one before. Ooh, let's read this one. Also by Elizabeth Browning. This was a good one. One second, one second, one second, one second. If thou must love me, let it be for naught, except for love's sake only. Do not say, I love her for her, for her smile. Ah, I gotta do that again, so sorry. love me. Let it be for naught, except for love's sake only. Do not say, I love her for her smile, her look, her way of speaking gently for a trick of thought that falls in well with mine, and certs brought a sense of pleasant ease on such a day. For these things in themselves, beloved, may be changed, or change for thee, and love so wrought may be unwrought so. Neither love me for thine own dear pity's wiping my cheeks dry. 
creature might forget to weep, who bore thy comfort long and lose thy love thereby. But love me for love's sake, that evermore thou mayest love on through love's eternity. But love for love's sake, that evermore thou mayest love on through love's eternity. Whatever thought you had about love, the presence of it, the conceptual, the conception of it, the precursors and the post-production of love. Thou mayest love on through love's eternity, evermore. Love me for love's sake. Do you understand what that means? Do you comprehend the magnitude of what it means to love somebody in, in its most genuine state? It's not before, it's not after. It is the being of love. It is the creation of it and the expansion of it, right? But in the core center, it's this genuine, delicate, but ever so powerful mode of being in love. Do you understand what it means to be being in love? You are in its being. You are the being of love. Whatever false doctrine of falling out of love, throw that garbage out of your mind right now because when you are being in love, that is it. <laughs> you cannot fall out of it. It's part of the fabric of who you are. And the only reason why you claim or hear about falling out of love is because you willfully choose to fall out of it. You force yourself to segregate that fabric of who you are from yourself. In many ways, you are fragmenting yourself in thousands of pieces. And then you expect others to recollect them and put you back together when you yourself is the one that caused it. No. Love me for love's sake. Yes, thank you for the compliment of my ways, of my look, of the way I carry about. But care for my heart. Because I will do the exact same for you, and I have been doing that for you. I am in the being of love. I have a place for you. I have built 
built a home for both of us. And if God allows it, perhaps for our children. But when you say you want to come home, say it because you want to come home to me. That is what it means to love for love's sake. Don't forget. <laughs> oh man, good stuff. Y'all, did you like that? Seriously now. Elizabeth Browning right here. She is the woman. Man. If she would have existed... If I would have existed during her times... I don't know what I would do, man. I mean, I want to respect Robert Browning absolutely. Like, don't get me wrong. I definitely respect them. But if they weren't married yet... Yeah, me and Robert Browning, we'd have a little joust. <laughs> I'm just kidding, y'all. Sort of. I will fight for you with respect. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> Alright, I better stop right there. <laughs> oh, man. This was fun. See, it's nice to take a break, y'all. I know I've been, haven't been doing these lives in a while, but I needed a break. I needed to concentrate on things that are edifying my heart right now. So, And now you're seeing... The result of that. <laughs> so, let's see. One more? Shall we do one more? Yes, we shall do one more. Ladies and gentlemen, this is sonnet number 32. Shall we? We shall. Let me select a track, and we shall get started momentarily. Are you ready? Okay. Wait. Oh, I love this song. But I already did it. Mm. This song... Man, this song is good. Alright, this is sonnet number 32. Are you ready? Mm. The first time that the sun rose on thine oath to love me, I looked forward to the moon to slacken all those bonds which seem too soon and quickly tie to make a lasting troth. Quick loving hearts, I thought, may quickly loathe. 
and looking on myself, I seemed not one for such man's love, more like an out of tune worn viol. A good singer would be worth, would be wroth to spoil his song with, and which, snatched in haste, is laid down at the first ill-sounding note. I did not wrong myself, so, but I place a wrong in thee, for perfect streams may float neath master hands, from instruments defaced, and great souls at one stroke may do and dote. Yes, call me by my pet name. Let me hear the name I used to run at when a child. From innocent play and leave the cowslips piled to glance up in some face that proved me dear with the look of its eyes. I miss the clear fond voices which bring drawn, being drawn and reconciled into the music of heavens undefiled. Call me no longer Silence on the brier, silence on the byre, when I call God, call God, so let thy mouth be heir to those who are now examine it. Gather the north flowers to complete the south, and catch the early love up on the late Yet, yes, call me by that name, and I in truth, with the same heart, will answer, and not wait. Will answer, and not wait, my dear. Listen to me now. Wait. <laughs> My dear. Hasten. My love for you is... more abundant and exceedingly rich. In a peaceful fashion, 
a bountiful passion. Whatever it is that you long for, I promise you, we will find it together. I will strive and extenuate my own being so that you can rely on my heart and my arms for strength and comfort. And while I may not find it all and be all to you, of my heart. And I willfully offer every breath and kindness. Anything else you would ladies would like? <laughs> Is there anything else you would like? definitely that one definitely like I must say I must say it is somewhat exhausting to genuinely pour out these thoughts and words because I mean them I really do I mean them and genuinely feel stimulated by conversations which is why <laughs> my thoughts of you it's not even remotely close to what you probably experienced in your young 20 years but <laughs> at this level it's much different it's much sweeter it's much richer and it's wholesome not to say that the intimate parts are not, you know, joyful. Of course they are. But there's something much more connecting. Much more passionate. Which is why, once again, I ask that you care and be mindful of my heart. That is, that is it. That is all. Right? Alright. <laughs> shall we do the song now? We shall. All of you West Coasters out there, you're welcome. <laughs> thanks for the likes, thanks for the follow. And thank you to the gifters, I am so sorry that I missed your names, but I just want to say thank you so much for all of the kindness that you've shown. Those of you who are new to this live, I do this purely out of passion. I do this purely out of 
just stimulation, right, in here. And I mainly do it to pass the time as well. <laughs> Alright. Please make sure that you do things intentionally, read some good poems, and let others know about poetry in general because we need so many more people to know about poetry, right? Poetry is a good thing. It's a wonderful thing. And it is very, very important for your mind as well as your heart in terms of wholesome content. So thank you so much for being here. I'm going to go to sleep now. Bye-bye. <laughs>